heavy track today. Yeah, not vibing risky lettuce, getting sinker vibes. I don't know, says on the Tab app she's firming. Don't just vibe it, get expert tips in Tab's new race feed. Tab, we're on. What are you really gambling with? Well, let him do his lap as <laughs> so I talk to John Stensholt from The Australian. Uh, how are you, John? Uh, just looking for John Stensholt. Uh, he doesn't appear to be with us at the mo. Uh, no, we'll get to him. Hello. Yeah, no you, you are here. You are here. Sorry, you were yep. drowned out by barking dogs and, and whirring uh, lures there for a sec. How are you? <laughs> yeah, good, man. How are you? Not too bad. Um, just having a read of your interesting story in the Oz on Monday, it seems like we're getting closer and closer, not just to the wagering deal, uh, and that's a sort of a slightly separate issue, but also the announcement for the VRC for the successor to Channel 10 uh, for broadcast rights for Cup Week. Look, I mean, both deals are yeah, really need to be done very soon. So, yeah, we are inching closer. And when we say inching closer, these have taken a long time. I mean, I, I wrote first wrote it's now six months in may this year that i first wrote about um the vrc looking to uh looking to not extend i suppose or to end the channel 10 deal when it expired and look for an alternative broadcaster and that's you know clearly just about fate accompli that it's channel nine unless some um, unless nine sort of uh, you know decide to go in a different direction now but it has taken a long time and it's the same with the victorian wagering license which which expires next august which is really not that far away and there is hopeful. There is hope that um, you know, we're finally going to get some, some sort of resolution in that regard by by Christmas, really. So it's only you know a few weeks away. Why? Uh, I guess these two things are linked. The decision not to extend the relationship with Channel Ten. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking it might have been because they maybe have have been perceived to have been not quite the right fit. Everyone talks about Channel Seven, but if Channel Ten wasn't the right fit then I think most people think that Channel Night might, might be the, a, a similar sort of situation. So what, what's, the, what's the reason why they've, they've walked away from 10? Well, look, overall, I mean, Channel 9 does get better ratings than Channel 10, right? I mean, it has, you know, it has a whole raft of things like the tennis and, you know, other high-rating shows that mean that it just does generate, you know, higher viewership than Channel 10, you know, traditionally, annually, however you want to measure it. So the idea is to go on a higher-ranking network and you get a few more viewers or you get some more viewers for the Melbourne Cup. That's the idea. Sort of, you know, 10 is the third-ranked uh, commercial TV network, and it has been for some time. So the idea is to at least get on one of the better ones. I mean, there's a whole raft of reasons why it isn't going to be Channel 7. And, uh, and look, you know, 9's, uh, you know, the only other alternative, really. And uh, it's that's that's really the, the, the rationale is to get on one of the better high-rating networks, and, and here we are. What's wrong with Seven? I mean, I know that there's issues between Victoria and New South Wales about sharing the same stage and so on, but most people overwhelmingly think we need to put the broadcasting experience uh, under the one roof and on the, on the one network. Uh, what's the reason why um, the VRC is not having discussions with Seven? Well, it really comes down to what you just said. It's the relationship between Victoria and New South Wales. And, you know, since uh, the Melbourne Cup Carnival went to 10... Obviously, Seven's expanded, or New South Wales Racing has expanded what they're doing, you know, particularly on Derby Day. Uh, and, uh, you know, then with the horses bolted, I suppose, in that regard, you know, the, the New South Wales Racing gets bigger on Channel 7 at that time of year. And then if you want to go back to, to Channel 7 for uh, for Melbourne Cup Week, then you've, you've got a situation where you, you have to share, so to speak. You have to share what's, uh, you know, what's being broadcast, uh, the timings, the, you know, the lead-ups to the big races, all that sort of thing. And... 
I think you'll find it as a situation where the VRC probably doesn't want to share some of the spotlight. Uh, Racing New South Wales probably doesn't want to share some of the spotlight it's got on Channel 7 either. So you get that situation where you're going to have uh, you know a couple of free-to-air networks showing racing that week uh, yet again. Yeah, unfortunately, the, 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 it's the punter who takes a back seat, really, though, isn't it? I think the preferred option for the, for the sport itself and the, the, the betterment of the Spring Carnival and, and that sort of level of engagement would be a sharing of the stage on seven, but the VRC has a financial hole that it finds itself in post-COVID, and I guess they're trying to make decisions that can help alleviate that. Well, that, that would certainly be part of it. I, I don't think there's any doubt that the VRC has, has got some financial problems and then... You know, COVID really, really hit the club hard. It wasn't necessarily in amazing shape going into COVID, but that certainly has taken a huge toll. And yeah, I think it's looking for the best deal it could possibly get. I'm not necessarily sure now that this is, you know, as good fiscally potentially as, uh, you know, what uh, what it was with Channel 10. But if you mix in the tabcorp money, which gets a whole, you know, whole range of rights that, that come with it, you know, wagering and sponsorship and so on, then, you know, it, it, I think it's, uh, it's clearly the money that they need. So... But I think it, it also does go back to that sharing scenario between Victoria and New South Wales, and uh, it's clearly not going to happen, quite frankly. Were you a bit surprised? I know um, COVID was a terrible, devastating on the VRC. They don't have a lot of... Uh, they don't have the pubs and clubs situation as a backup like the MRC, so a lot of the eggs are in the basket of cup week, and if you've got nobody going for a couple of years, that's going to be very, very damaging. But... The financial situation of the club before COVID as well as post-COVID, I mean, I think a lot of people reading the story would be thinking, wow, how is the the richest and most, well, in inverted commas, the most successful and famous race club in the Southern Hemisphere, how does it find itself in this position? Can you help answer any of those questions? Oh, look, there's a lot of expenditure, basically. I mean, there's a lot of money that comes in, but there's a lot of money that goes out. Look, to be fair, it is expensive to put on in a Melbourne Cup carnival with, you know, the birdcage and all the other sort of things that uh, that they do to, to uh, you know, to, to attract people to the track, to get people there and the other sort of things that they do with Melbourne Cup tours and so on and so forth. So there is a lot of expenditure. I mean, look, I mean, if you wanted to be, you know, blunt about it, and perhaps there's been too much expenditure over time. And, I mean, no one could foresee, you know, a situation where COVID comes along and literally shuts things down for a couple of years. So... I mean, yeah, there was a lot of money coming in, a lot of money going out beforehand, and unfortunately the tide went out and, uh, you know, it's been exposed and they've had to borrow a lot of money. Uh, they do Just tell me that they're in the pretty figures. good shape going forward. Yeah. 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 What, are the, what is the financial situation as it stands now? I've got some quotes from Steve Rossich, who spoke to you as well, which are quite mm-hmm. optimistic about the, the, the club's ability to work its way through, but what is, what is the reality of its uh, situation at the moment financially? Well, the, the reality is that they've made about $45 million in operating losses over the past three years. So that's, you know, 20, uh, sorry, 21, 22, 23, you know, basically that the big effect of COVID for a couple of years and then, um, and then uh, you know, last year where things sort of got back to a little bit of normality, but still, you know, it was still affected. I think mean, still, you know, the country was still recovering from that. So uh, they also owe another so roughly $72 million, including $10 million to Racing Victoria. Uh, the rest is to ANZ Bank. So they've had to borrow most of that money over the last few years. And so, you know, it's had to plug a lot of holes and there's not... Uh, you know, there's not that much there at the moment, I think, in terms of being able to sell off more land to build apartments or anything like that, which, you know, other clubs can do, or, as you said, the pubs and clubs. So it is a, it is a balance sheet, a, a business plan that does revolve a lot around that four week, sorry, that four days of racing that week and, you know, other, other events too. But really, 
it's a it's everything revolves around that. If you don't get that, you know, seventy, eighty, or whatever you get thousand times four days, um, you know, things are tougher. So that's where we are. It's it's a situation I think where the club reckons that they can trade their way out of it. I'm not sure it's going to be easy, but um, you know, there's some levers you can pull perhaps to spend a little bit less and and try to bank a bit more on the profit wise, so you can uh, you know pay back some of that debt. And the, the successful 2023 uh, Cup Week, well, th- those figures will put a positive spike on the, uh, the 2024 account, so that, that will be factored in down the track. So just, your, your, just with your business reporter's hat on, do you think that the club is in a position to actually dig itself out? Or you, you said it's going to be challenging. Uh, I'll just give you some quotes, uh, listen to some quotes from Steve Rossich, the CEO. Uh, the VRC continues to manage costs with an ongoing focus on strategic in- investments in the Flemington Racing Program that includes prize money top-ups of $9 million. I'm not sure how prize money top-ups solve the problem necessarily, but an investment in Flemington race days and the Melbourne Cup Carnival. The investment drove strong return crowds during 2022 and 2023 Melbourne Cup Carnivals. Given the success of 2023, um, we have a very positive outlook. So they're basically hinging the salvage mission, if that's a bit, might be a bit harsh, but the, the digging out of the situation, they're, they're, they're very much dependent again on, on next year's Cup, Cup Week. Yeah, absolutely, and, and you know, and striking commercial deals like it hopes to do with Tabcorp, uh, you know, in terms of the broadcast rights and sponsorship and so on as well. So yeah, look, I mean, you know, more sponsorship, more more people through the gates, you know, more uh, you know broadcast rights. That all helps, but I think uh, you know, so does a tighter rain on costs as well. And that, look, it is a costly thing to put on that that carnival, uh, but I mean, clearly something needs to uh, you know. Some belts need to tighten or whatever. I mean, this is looking obviously looking from the outside. Um, those are the things you can do. Yeah, I mean, Steve said in those quotes that you know, tight, tighter look on costs, and I think that's probably where things come. So it remains to be seen, you know, what they can do with that. But I think it's tough these days. I mean, all the racing clubs, um, you know, effectively lose money on putting on race events, and they make money up with you know in other things like property deals at Mooney Valley and pubs and clubs at, uh, you know, the MRC. So this is the whole thing about having a, um, you know, spreading the risk, I suppose, across the, all your assets, and it's harder at Flemington. Did the VRC miss the pubs and clubs boat a little bit? Like, the MRC's made a lot of, you know, they're very secure because of that, uh, and it's been an option for a while. In, in retrospect, has the VRC been too dependent on one week of racing? Did it, should, it, should it have diversified uh, uh, sort of like a generation ago even? Oh, look, I, mean, I think it's easy to say that. I don't know the, the, the exact sort of, you know, what, what they could have picked up along the way asset-wise. But, yeah, I mean, clearly the MIC, you know, is, I think has been pretty smart in that way. I mean, it probably helps where they're situated, in, you know, in, in geographically in Melbourne and you know, being the centre of uh, the action and so on and so forth. But, yeah, look, anything you can do to spread that risk on your balance sheet does look very good in hindsight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I um, mean, uh, at the same time, we probably would have thought that uh, you know they've got the most, uh, you know, the biggest race event in the in the country, and uh, you know, that looked probably pretty safe as well. Who would have thought a pandemic would come along to shut it down? No, exactly right, and uh, the, that's certainly no knock on the VRC in in the, in the respect of a, a once in a hundred year pandemic. Uh, everyone got caught on the hop on that, and look at the the devastation we're still feeling from that. Just quickly, John, uh, thanks for your time already, but uh, just explain the role of Tabcorp as the as the third party here, the intermediary. It's not a direct relationship between the VRC and whoever they want to, whichever network they choose to go with. What role is Tabcorp playing here, or does it play? 
Well, effectively, they're sort of taking uh, control of the, um, you know, of all the broadcast rights, whether that's you know, free to air, digital pay, uh, you know, and so on as well. It's part of it. Also, there's sponsorship uh, and other things involved in the commercial deal. But yes, then effectively, they've got the rights now under the anti-softening laws. You know, you've got to offer Melbourne Cup, which is on the list that the federal government has of major sports rights. You've got to offer that to the. Uh, you know, to free-to-air networks at least. So that's, uh, you know, Tapeworth gets all the rights and then they effectively can on-sell the, the free-to-air rights to, uh, you know, to, to a free-to-air network, which uh, in this case it looks like Channel 9. Can we expect a follow-up in the next few days? Anything, anything brewing? Uh, look, I expect it, certainly sometime in the next couple of weeks I would, I would imagine on, on, on some of the wagering licence stuff, but maybe the free-to-air stuff might actually extend until the new year. All right. Hey, good. Thanks for your time, mate. I really appreciate it. All right. No worries at all. John Stensholt from the Australian there.